The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Gotham City Gazette, a PoppyChulaRadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Monday, April 12th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's Batwoman. Please welcome my co-hosts, Professor X. Hello, Gotham. And Millie Wood. Hello, Gotham. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 2, Episode 10, which was titled Time Off for Good Behavior, and aired April 11th, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. As Batwoman focuses even more effort on taking down Black Mask, a new foe emerges, diverting the Bat Team's attention to a distressing issue in Gotham. Continually haunted by the mistakes of his past, Jacob travels down a dangerous path in an attempt to eradicate them. Alice and Julia discover they have an enemy in common. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 2, Episode 10. Batwoman was viewed by 500k total viewers with a point one in the demo. It added uh, a bit to the... Uh, to the um, to the total viewership while steady in the demo. Let's talk about it. A lot happened. Uh, it was a week break. Uh, they, they added uh, some eyeballs, which is nice. Uh, okay, so let's focus on the villain of the week for the episode. Um, the storyline, uh, it, it kind of, um, it, it um, was sort of the culmination of this idea that the Bat Team had before about creating a community center. It added in Sophie's sister into the mix, maybe even a potential romantical type of situation for our very own Batwoman. Um, so it's the uh, the christening of this uh, youth center, community center, and uh, an arsonist shows up burns it up, um, and it leads them down a path to realize that this has happened before. And uh, they learn that through uh, the intrepid work of, uh, of um, a reporter. So uh, they find out because of a reporter. A reporter basically tells them that this has happened before, and it turns out that it's all connected to the prison, the warden uh, or the the owner of the of a profit prison in Gotham is releasing uh, prisoners, giving them time off for good behavior to screw up these local community centers, so that the the basically the community to prison pipe 
pipeline stays intact, where, you know, the, the, the concept for these community centers is it help the community get the kids off the street so that they aren't uh, recruited by the gangs and that sort of thing. So they end up stopping them. Luke gets into action. It, it's, you know, the, there, there is a win for Team Bat at the end of this. So this was the overall storyline for the episode. Everything else was sort of like the B and C storylines. So let's talk about this. Uh, this was another episode where they're dealing with real-life issues um, in a way that I would still say is much better than some of the other shows. Uh, Supergirl deal with some of these real-life issues. Uh, Millie, what, what's your thoughts? what are your thoughts on uh, the uh, overall, the large storyline for this episode, the A plot? I really liked it. I think um, they're definitely weaving in bigger issues, but doing it with a lot more taste. Um, and I, I find this super interesting. I think part of it is because uh, we're able to relate it to Ryan, right, the main person we're rooting for um, and how that kind of affects her. And I like how we're able to kind of tie in um, like Sophie's sister and we get all these new characters and all these new characters that are of color is great. Um, so just kind of watching all that unfold and then planning all these seeds and even questioning what I guess was planted in the previous season about, um, you know, who, who runs Gotham at the end of the day, right? Is it going to be the people helping mm-hmm. it? Is it the crows? Um, is it this weird black mask guy? So I think there's a lot of interesting uh, things being planted that makes you really think, and I like that. Um, I feel like that's maybe missing sometimes here and there in CW shows, and so like how it's done very subtly. Um, and I think it's very aptly timed considering everything. So I thought um, I really digged it. I'm like, this is great, and it was all like done in a visual way too. Even the big bat I thought was like visually cool. It's like this is where the CGI should be going and stuff like that. So I, I really did enjoy it. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, there was an Easter egg in the storyline. I don't know if we're ever going to see him again, but we did get a character from the comics. Uh, his name is Horton Spence. That's who the reporter was. Uh, in the comics, uh, he ends up uh, getting all romantical with Vicky Vale. Will we see Vicky Vale on Batwoman? I don't know, but maybe we'll see more of this uh, reporter character who uh, works for, for the Gazette, like we do. Professor, your take on the the large storyline. Um, did you notice maybe a little spark there with uh, a certain someone who wants to take a martial arts class taught by uh, taught by Ryan? Well, okay, it's funny because I have said before that there is that problem that we have with the CW shows, wherever you have someone who is you know above average attractiveness who is an age appropriate, we immediately start shipping them. Uh, so yes, I think it was it was kind of obvious and clumsy that uh, that Sophie's sister is setting up Imani as, you know, the next person for uh, uh, for Ryan. Uh, what I think is a little more subtle is when that reporter showed up. My first thought was, whoa, he is good looking. He's age appropriate. He could be. And then I thought, well, no, you can't have a love interest because, you know, obviously we have, you know, a gay lead and, and all that. And then I thought, wait a minute. Yes. They did have that little yes. cute moment. At the end, didn't they? I yes. bet we're not, not seeing the last of him for that reason. Professor, I am so glad you have eyes and ears because you saw what I saw. I Yes. And uh, here's the thing. Like, we've been talking, and Millie, cover your ears because I feel like you're Team Luke. But we've been talking for a moment about maybe Mary and Luke. And there were moments, Professor, you saw them. Because you have eyes and ears, as I said. Um, you saw them in last season. It looked like maybe they were getting... Um, 
intimate, but not intimate in that sort of intimate. Intimate as in, you know, they were sharing their feelings about life and about what's going on. And uh, there were moments where there was like a little touch here, you know, holding up the hands and that sort of thing. So we've been talking about Mary and Luke, but I noticed that as well. So she ends up having to patch him up. Um, and there was a little look between them. He even looks back at her. And I was like, hmm. She patched him up. He gets his job back and a promotion. Well, you know, yeah. And that's, you know, an, an in with the press. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I don't think we've seen the last of that. Now, again, this is a CW show, so yes. obviously he's meant to be an obstacle to to Luke and Mary getting together. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, it, and that might be, you know, sort of Luke looking at that and going, wait a minute, what the hell is going on here? Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I would be astonished if we, we didn't see him again in that context. Um, getting back to the, the main plot, you know, it was, it's, it's odd. And, you know, the whole thing about, you know, the idea that, you know, destroying uh, community centers in order to keep the, uh, the crime rates high so that we have more people in the prisons, that struck me as, as pretty far-fetched, but I am Canadian and we don't have a for-profit prison system in Canada. So, I don't know. I, I get that the for-profit prison system is is a much larger deal and a much bigger, uh, you know, um, uh, a situation in the states than it is up here. So that struck me as a bit far-fetched. It's the sort of thing where you know it's like you're you're planning for what we do now is going to pay off for us five to ten years down the line. Um, so that struck me as as I say a bit far-fetched. But um, I do again like the fact that you know Batwoman is leaning into you know um, you know the social aspect of that. It's it's not just about punching out bad guys, although she did do that um, in this episode. It's it's more looking at the larger social things, and I think that's getting into you know as we said before, there's there's been that sort of you know rising uh, you know uh, tide that uh, you know sort of the the anti-Batman approach of you know the billionaire who dresses up like a bat in order to beat impoverished people. Um, you know sort of you know. Uh, you know, taking that and and running with, okay, what would the alternative be? Uh, and I do think that's that's an interesting way to go. Um, I'm I'm not sure this one convinced me in terms of the overall plot, but in terms of a, a one work a one week, uh, you know, uh, sort of plot cul-de-sac of something that I'm sure will not be revisited again. Uh, I thought it worked pretty well. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, maybe you would have to be an American to really sense the the reality of of the situation i completely understood where they were going with this i'm glad that they sort of thwarted this nefarious ceo um and uh, i thought they handled the material really well um i found uh the storyline to be really interesting um and and it just sort of tied in uh it just tied everything together as far as everything that had been sort of dropped as little nuggets in, in the previous episodes of, of things that the Bat Team wanted to do, uh, the the storyline thread with um, with uh, Sophie's sister and, and that sort of thing. So I, I thought they did a really good job handling the content. Um, speaking of someone who's not doing that good of a job handling himself, oh, Jacob... Jacob, 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 Jacob. So, Jacob ends up getting um, ambushed by a false face lackey and uh, is knocked out, chloroformed, and he wakes up with a snake bite injection. Um, so he was forcibly given snake bite, and he has this um, fantasy 
of experiencing teenaged Beth. So we go back to the Cartwright home, and this time around, instead of uh, believing Cartwright, he goes down into the basement and rescues Beth. Uh, Jacob um, ends up uh, chatting with uh, someone that we know, but now we know her, um, her, her normal alias, Dr. Rhyme, and she explains the um, basically what Snakebite does, and he also ends up uh, scheduling a therapy session with her because she realizes he's on Snakebite, and uh, she gets into his head a little bit of like why he might be, um, he, why he has, why he had the vision that he had. Um, Roman Sionis ends up stopping by, saying that he had confiscated some snake bite from uh, one of his employees. Clearly, it was there to dangle the carrot in front of Jacob. And yes, Jacob ends up using snake bite again so that he can relive uh, saving Beth. We also we learned a little bit of intel, at least as far as like what's going on inside of Jacob's. Uh, head during the therapy session where he says that his one greatest regret is not rescuing Beth and it's something that haunts him to this day which it was an interesting bit of intel and I think it's important because you know we've sort of seen the gruffer side of Jacob when he's head of the crows and he wants to take down Alice um, it was interesting to get that intel that he he does even after everything, even after locking her up in uh, Arkham. You know, he still wants to save Beth, uh, Professor. Poor Jacob, he's going down the rabbit hole with Snakebite. Uh, what did you think of this storyline? It brought a couple of our big bads together. I do want to talk about how they're using the big bads, but I kind of want to handle that separately. So if you want to sort of tiptoe into that, you can a little, but that's going to be its own question in a moment. I shall tread carefully. Um, yes. It was kind of interesting. As soon as we met the O'Brien character, I thought, well, middle-aged white guy, he's your baddie of the week. Um, the only other middle-aged white guy in the show, of course, is now hooked on drugs. So uh, once again, well done, Batwoman, for you know, representation matters. Um, uh, all the white guys are you know, evil or drug addicts. Yay. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it was, you know, and then let's face it, Jacob has not been the most sympathetic character all the time. He was fairly sympathetic this season. Uh, and now they've got him hooked on snake bite. Yay. Um, it was kind of interesting. I do find myself, I did find myself thinking as I was watching it, that the crow's parking garage must be the least secure spot in all of Gotham because what happened two episodes ago, Sophie got jumped by her sister uh, in her car in the same damn parking garage. For heaven's sakes, people, put some security on there. I know, put um, some security for the security. It was interesting in that, you know, it, it wasn't the idea that, you know, the, the cliche about you know, certain drugs is, oh, you get a hit once and you're hooked. They did sort of set it up that, you know, it's it's not that he's hooked. It's that he is he is chasing that sense of bliss, that sense of relief, uh, that sense of loss. So it's, it's not it's almost so much the physical cramming as the psychological. And I found it really interesting that the doctor, who we know to be, you know, enigma, and we know to be evil, and we were reminded of that when she, you know, jab julia later in the episode um she actually gives him some great advice which is that you know the you know the only thing you can do is really try to fix your relationship with your remaining daughter and and, and jacob actually tried to do that and got shot down by mary so congratulations mary you forced your dad into drugs um, oh my god 
I'm just saying, if she hadn't been such a bitch to him, if she had been willing to listen and say, hey, Deb, maybe you're not being a total asshole, maybe he wouldn't have gone back to his office and, and shot up again. Um, so I do think it, it is kind of interesting. The whole snake bite thing is it's, it's we're finally getting a little more understanding of what the snake bite is, how it works and, and why it would be so addictive for some people. Uh, I do find it curious that this is, you know, an, an undercover, you know, street drug and everything like that. Yet it's it's comes, you know, beautifully packaged with, you know, graphic design and all of that. So I know, I mean, right? You think that Roman Sionis is because he's he's the sort of guy who would absolutely package his his designer drug in this way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like that. I think you're giving Jacob something to do, which he, you know, he with with uh, with Kate off the board, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future uh, and with uh, with Alice sort of in the uh, the background that didn't really leave us a lot for Jacob to do unless they were going to, you know, go full on into the all crows or bastards storyline, which it seems that they've, they've uh, put on the back burner for the time being. So, you know, they really didn't have a lot to do with them. So this at least gives him something to do um, and gives us, uh, you know, a, a way to view, you know, the, the impact of this drug and what it has, of course, because we know who Roman Zionist is the fact that he just showed up with the drug to leave with, uh, with Jacob, uh, you know, was, yeah, again, it shows the level of, you know, just how clever this villain is. He's not, you know, a big physically imposing villain. He may not even be, you know, the richest of villains, although obviously he's got money, uh, but he's got that sort of, you know, evil cunning to him. Oh, by the way, that another uh, evil middle-aged white guy. So once again, Batwoman, well played. There you go. Although I will say the prison CEO was not middle-aged. He looked like an old man. I don't know. I would say he, he was, you know, a heavier guy, but I would put him <laughs> mid. I would say he was in his 60s, but that's yeah, just maybe. me. Maybe. Um, okay. Millie, oh Millie. Uh, so the professor brought up a lot. I'm assuming you want to defend your girl Mary, um, because I don't feel like Mary was the cause of it. Um, and so uh, let me add this into it, since since the professor brought it up. So Jacob, uh, as as the good doctor said, you know maybe you should patch things up with uh, with your your daughter the one that's still around i do wonder if for half a second she meant also alice instead um but he goes he thinks mary so he goes to mary talking about the clinic mary being the badass that she is the one she's not going to take anyone's shit anymore she's like i'm opening this clinic up i'm gonna do it my way i don't care what you do just know i'm opening up this clinic and so jacob in a means to, he's trying to apologize, okay? He's, he's, this is the way that he wants to apologize. He's like, I will make this legit for you. I will invest the money. We will turn this into a real clinic. And she's like, you don't really understand that that's not what I'm trying to do. You know, I, you know, legitimizing it will remove everything that I've built here because, you know, I don't ask for ID. I don't ask for this, that, or the other, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to help the people that are scared to go to a legitimate clinic and hospital and that sort of thing. And, uh, so she basically is like, you know, um, money and that sort of thing isn't really going to fix the problem that we have with each other because um, he's he's trying to help but he's not really understanding the proper way to help that's what i would say he's trying to do and and mary's just not interested in in listening to his shit at the moment which i mean the professor is right afterwards he did go and get some snake bite 
But, I mean, Sionis was the one that sort of dangled the carrot in front of him, so I don't know if I, I can fully blame Mary. Um, Millie, are you going to defend your girl? Of course. <laughs> um, I'm always seeing Mary, but that was actually what the professor said was, like, that when I saw that scene, I was like, I don't like how that was i feel like that was the intended idea like oh jacob tried and because mary turned him down he turns to drugs which i think is a little weak in the storytelling aspect also it doesn't seem very like jacob like that you know he tried once and then he to go i give up i want to go do drugs he seems like the guy that would be a bit more like try again um and maybe on the third time then that's that's when he turns to drugs i thought that was an interesting point um but i was all snapping for for mary when she stood up to to jacob and i felt i felt for him in the sense of like you could definitely tell that that relationship isn't there and he, he tried but it's the when like a rich parent tries to connect with their kid and they just throw money at them um mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm glad that i think mary is past the point where she needs his like approval and she's gonna do what she wants to do because i think for a while she has been trying to to gain that we've seen those conversations in the past so i like how she's kind of taking back that control and i was all for her on there um so i was i'm so team mary and i think that she should keep doing what she wants to do and jacob can go on his snake bite high oh my god (laughs) savage i like it Okay, so let's talk about the big bads. I, I know that we haven't really discussed Dr. Rhyme yet. I, I do want to talk about her, but we're going to talk about her when we, we talk about her a little bit more as far as her actions completely when we talk about um, Penny, um, Penny Loafer. Uh, but the thing that I want to discuss about the big bads, or the, the bads, uh, the baddies that we are uh, now experiencing in this section of the season is how coordinated they are. I was I was impressed by how like dark they're being, how um incredibly bold they are with their actions, and I loved seeing their public personas in effect in this episode as well as them using their public personas to uh, take some of our, you know, our, our heroes, our, our favorite characters, maybe not favorite with Jacob, but, you know, certainly someone that's on the side of good versus the side of evil, taking our, our people that are on the side of good down a dark and bumpy road. Uh, so this is the first episode where we've actually seen them working in tandem, although we didn't really see them together. Uh, what did we think of the usage of Black Mask? And Dr. Rhyme, a.k.a. Enigma. I'll open it up to the floor. I think it's a super interesting pairing. And um, because we just saw her like briefly and we didn't really know what her occupation was. But I'm like, of course, you have, you know, the therapist teaming up with the drug dealer. Uh, I feel like that, especially now that she has kind of got her hooks into Jacob. I'm like, this is spelling trouble. And I like the... Um, potential that it sets up, and I think the the little that we saw their dynamics going to be interesting. I do wonder if there's going to be potential of like, I feel like there has to be egos that get in the way down the road. So I wonder if that's going to happen, and then they turn on each other. I think that'd be an exciting twist. Now that's interesting. Um, I feel like Black Mask is much more lethal, so I feel like he would probably end up killing her, based off of everything we've seen of him thus far. Black Mask kind of gives no shits about anything. Uh, Professor, what about you? Your take on Black Mask and Enigma? 
You know, it's kind of interesting because, uh, you know, you have that sort of, you know, public private uh, situation going on in, you know, you have Sionis playing this, this one figure and then, you know, you put the mask on him and, you know, as we've seen before, you know, a, a sort of, you know, slightly funny, um, slightly camp version of it, you know, his scene where he is, uh, you know, accepting the apology by killing someone. Uh, and then, you know, someone pointing out, you know, you, there's only two people who can make this stuff and that's on you. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, I don't, don't recall seeing, you know, uh, when we saw the, the bodies later on, whether, you know, the person who, you know, pointed that out to him was, you know, one of the bodies, uh, which would have been a nice, uh, callback. Uh, but I do think it's interesting, you know, especially because, you know, as, uh, as Millie mentioned, you know, the idea that you've got the therapist who is, you know, working with the baddie, uh, it gives you intel. Uh, she's part of the task force, uh, you know, so she knows what the cops and the crows are up to. It, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, I, but as I say, I, you know, I, I kind of thought it was interesting the way she played it. I mean, she obviously knows, you know, so when she had that, you know, intuitive leap that, oh, you've had snakebite, haven't you? Well, of course, you know she had he had snake bite you were involved in the, <laughs> the plan to give him the snake bite don't claim that you're that observant uh i'm very good at my job yeah you also had inside knowledge so i do think it's it's interesting um but you know and, and even though you know black mass does seem to be set up as the big bad enigma was working for um oh god i've forgotten her name already um sophia Sophia, thank you. Uh, she was working for Sophia. She seemed like a part of Sophia's organization, and she was there in Gotham before Sophia's organization, you know, was brought down and before the uh, uh, the uh, the plants were destroyed. So I, I don't know. I think that it might be tied into something bigger than that, uh, because again, remember, you know, when um, you know we we mentioned this when uh, when Alice found out that you know Sophia had you know blanked her mind or had her mind blanked and, and sent her off to Gotham specifically to create an army uh, to do this. So it seems like, you know, now that Alice isn't doing that anymore, it's almost like, you know, we might find that Sophia is sort of, you know, behind this and manipulating it for her own reasons. Because what's happening now is that Black Mask is creating his own army, just like Alice was doing before Alice's, uh, you know, was uh, was wiped out. So it's, it's kind of interesting. And I can't help wondering whether it, it might be tied into something that we're going to find that all that Black Mask is doing is being manipulated on some higher level. And the fact that, you know, Enigma is there ostensibly helping him she's actually there keeping an eye on him manipulating things more for sophia than for him professor i call that a bold prediction the professor has had a really good track record with bold predictions in the past he's had a couple crappy ones but uh but he's had some very good ones the most of them have been good i would say I remember that in our next podcast when we discuss uh, falcon and the winter soldier Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Oh, yes, I know. I have to give you props about something. Um, yeah, but both. Of, but I said some stuff that also came true. So we both get equal propage. Um, our co-host wasn't there for any of that, so she'll just have to believe everything that we say. So well, uh, now you kind of blew my mind because I do like the idea that Sophia is sort of to blame for all of this, and it would make sense because I do feel like Sophia has to come back. Like we can't just leave it, you know, with the, you know, the, 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 what do you call it? The, the desert rose, um, burned down and that sort of thing. We specifically saw that she brought back ocean. The name ocean continues to get dropped. Um, I feel like at some point, maybe a couple episodes before the season's over, uh, Sophia will have to show up and basically be like, <laughs> this was my plan all along or something like that. Stay tuned, because I feel like that will be coming. Uh, okay, so 
Let's talk about Enigma, because she is tied to two storylines, um, and, and it, it just happens to be that it's two people that we enjoy. It's uh, Julia and uh, Alice teaming up. Alice lures uh, Julia to her, and... Uh, basically says that we should team up, you know, I need your help, help me find Enigma. And when Alice explains who Enigma is and what Enigma has done, Julia, you know, who has been questioning her memory loss, uh, realizes that it must, it must be Enigma that um, did something to her. She realizes that one of her most final things that she did um, as she was following the Kate Kane case, was to visit a Dr. Rhyme. She confronts Dr. Rhyme, uh, says she knows that she's Enigma, but uh, through rhyme or reason, uh, Rhyme knew what the hell was going to happen because she ends up... Now talk about genius, Professor. She had a syringe in her cane. Do you carry syringes in your cane, Professor? I carry syringes everywhere. Okay. Um, you know, just, just be on the safe side. That's true. So she had one in her cane and she bops her with it. And she's like, and, and well, Julie's like, what are you doing? And she's like, you know, making you forget. And so the next time that we see Julia, she says that she's transferring to Berlin. And she says, you know, she just, I just had the idea this morning. She tells that to Sophie, which Sophie kind of looks a little stunned about the whole situation, which I kind of feel like maybe Sophie will start investigating what's going on, potentially. As far as Alice, Alice ends up uh, going to Dr. Rhyme's practice and ends up hearing Jacob's um, recording of, of the, well, not Jacob's recording, but um, Rhyme's recording of Jacob's session. And he hears Jacob say that uh, he wanted to save Beth, and that's a recurring nightmare, and that sort of thing. And at this point, though, like, th this doesn't affect or phase Alice at all, because Alice is hell-bent on forgetting Kate, and she's going to use Dr. Rhyme um, Enigma for that. So let's talk about the two blondes. Uh, they had interesting storylines with uh, Rhyme, with Enigma. Uh, one actually confronted Enigma, and the other one is waiting for a confrontation, um, I'm assuming in the next episode. Uh, Millie, talk to me about them. Uh, wh whomever you want to talk about. If you want to talk both, you can go ahead. Uh, but talk to me about how Dr. Rhyme Enigma was used in uh, Julia and uh, Alice's storylines. I, I like the usage of her, especially because she's everywhere but nowhere. And she's such a fascinating character, I think, Enigma. And her powers uh, put a lot of – it's very powerful um, on that. And in terms of, like, the Julia-Alice uh, pair-up, because I feel like the only time we've really seen them before was when Alice stabbed Julia. And I don't remember it being as delightful as this interaction, but I really enjoyed their banter and the chemistry was – I think made it super enjoyable as they kind of uh, do this navigating through the, their own mini Scooby hunt. Uh, and I was like, I'll take more of this dynamic. I like how we kind of see Alice bouncing around between people um, as we watch her try to process her grief and everything like that. I do wonder um, in terms of uh, Julia going to 
off to Berlin. Um, how long is she, is she going to be gone? I wonder if there's going to be more. She gives up to more things or, or is manipulated more. That we're not going to see her till like the end, and there's another surprise. So that was kind of interesting that we're kind of shipping off of some characters here and there. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see where that goes, and then also what what Alice is is going to do. So she, as you mentioned, with her trying to just push out um, Kate from her memory uh, and just avoiding all feelings. I like when Julia had mentioned that, like, um, you know, are you just trying to run away from feelings? So I wonder if Enigma is going to kind of puncture that wound a bit more on Alice. Yes, yes. Professor, what about you? Your take on Enigma and her machinations with uh, both, uh, well, at least machinations with uh, Julia. We haven't seen um, anything yet with um, Alice, but what do you think of Alice's motivation to uh, speak to Enigma. Well, it, it makes sense from Alice's twisted point of view, which is that I feel sad because I'm remembering my sister. So I know rather than deal with the grief, I'll just remove all memory of my sister and then I'll feel fine again. So it makes a, a twisted sense in, in the sense that we would expect something to make sense uh, for Alice. So, you know, I kind of like that. Uh, I am very disappointed with Julia in that, you know, uh, she talks to Alice, she finds out there's this, figure who can you know manipulate your memory so what do you do you lock yourself in a room with her that's just dumb julia um at least you know have the cameras running or something so that there's some record of this happening or have someone behind the one way the two way the one way glass uh so that they can uh you know see what's happening but no she just confronted her and you know as you mentioned got jabbed with the handily placed uh, hypodermic um i do want to co-sign what uh what millie was saying about the the tremendous chemistry uh between julia and uh, and alice um now part of that is alice has you know chemistry with everyone she's fabulous but those two together were great i mean man you know more of that please you know find a way that you know maybe it's going to be alice that somehow saves julia or needs julia for something but yeah finding ways to put those two characters together i think uh it's uh, it, there. It's great. I mean, that's probably the best Julia's been, uh, you know, since she she joined the cast. Is those two, you know, playing off each other? There's, you know, a, a tension that crackles. Uh, it's it's delightful the way they played off each other. I agree. I hope that there's a payoff, Professor, with uh, Julia taking her into that interrogation room. My my hope is that the camera was on, and that that's what Sophie's gonna find uh, to sort of start tipping. Um, her into uh, I don't know into what because I, I don't I think it's way too soon for her to know that rhyme was enigma so maybe the camera was at a bad angle so she only really gets a the shot of um, Julia going down or something like that but I, I think I hope that the camera was on and that's gonna lead Sophie into a path because we had an interesting look from Sophie and so I hope that there's a payoff to that look We'll have to wait and see. Um, I, can I also say just a quick shout out to Alice when she coughed into the Kleenex and then she put it back? I mean, a funny thing <laughs> to do at any time, but during these pandemic times, that is just like a next level kind of, oh my God, what a hideous thing to do. <laughs> and you know they're filming this now, so that makes it even more sick uh and twisted uh in a spectacular sort of way um yeah loved it um another little thing that i want to mention before we get into um uh, you know what happens at the end uh is luke does go out into the field for what i feel is like the first time ever he ends up saving 
um, or at least not, well, saving, yes, because she was about to get shocked by three different, um, uh, what were those things, uh, zapper type of guns. Uh, he ends up saving Batwoman, um, because he had a zapper that he had, uh, you know, they had gotten from, uh, one of the, um, the altercations with, uh, his name was Kilovolt. Uh, so were we excited to see Luke out in the field? Uh, I know that, you know, the idea of he's, um, Batwing, right, in the comics? Uh, so, yeah, th- this version of Luke is, is quite different from the, the Batwing that we saw in the comics. Okay. But I know the fans, they're excited about the prospect of that. I just thought it was really neat to see Luke out in the field. He ended up saving the day. Um, so uh, that was nice. I don't know if we're going to see more of our Bat team out in the field, but it was a nice little moment uh, for Luke. So let's talk about what happens at the end. So throughout the episode, we saw Ryan visiting Angelique in the um, in in jail, and uh, basically Ryan has been like this whole time. Like, I know it's not you. You need to say who really killed the commissioner. You need to, um, you know, I will protect you. I know Batwoman. There was this whole line from Angelique where she was like, so are you and Batwoman a thing? And I was like, oh God, if she really knew about the thing. But anyway, um, so Angelique does end up getting convinced. She spills the tea on those that killed the commissioner. Uh, Sophie gets the information. She goes and tracks them down at like a gun range type of thing. They are already dead. So she realizes that Black Mask is, um, you know, cleaning up any dangling threads. But because she confessed, she's going to be transferred by some crows to a safe house while Angelique, you know, drops any more intel and also to protect her from Black mask and uh while uh, you know she's driving she ends up chatting with um or sophie arrives at the bar and gives um ryan the phone to chat with angelique they're talking and then the uh, the crow's car gets ambushed by some of the false face gang and uh they kill the crow crow's agents and uh, they snatch angelique and the main reason uh, we're all assuming is from what the professor said, uh, or I don't remember if it was Millie who, who referenced this, but Sionis uh, was, um, you know, Sionis no longer has anybody to create snake bite. The only two people that know how to make snake bite are Ocean and Angelique. And at the moment, they are running low on supply. So clearly. Sionis wants Angelique back so that she can create Snakebite. So Angelique has been abducted. She did do the right thing, though, so I guess we should be proud of that, right, Professor? Yes, and you know she her the braids looked great. Um, you know it was a you know a nice look for her. Um, the, the only problem is that the whole thing felt you know so contrived to me that you know I knew this is how it was going to end because you know because they set up that scene earlier. Only only two people know how to make this, and we need more of it. And one of them is off on this island, and we can't get him back. So therefore, obviously, he's going to be you know manipulating the situation to get her back. Now, having said that, you know she did get to do the right thing. Uh, to get to that point, which was, you know, a, a good moment for Angelique because she hasn't done a lot of the right things aside from, you know, uh, trying to protect Ryan. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I sort of saw the whole thing coming uh, a mile away. 
unlike those crows who were driving the car. Well, clearly they did not see it coming um, at all. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Angelique has been kidnapped. Um, Angelique did do the right thing for half a second, but now she's going to be forced to do the wrong thing. Um, Millie, did um, Angelique's sort of change of heart in confessing and not taking the fall for Black Mask, does this mean you now ship Angelique with Ryan? Oh, no. She still seems sketchy. I mean, she gets, like, one little tally point in the good column, but I still, I feel like there's still something to her, or there's going to be some kind of twist. Like, I don't trust her still, um, especially now that she's going to be, I think, under Black Mask's thumb, uh, presumably, um, and, you know, that they threaten it kind of is curious what what will happen but I think what what was interesting was the whole if I you know if I can't tell you because I'm going they're going to get me and Batwoman can't be all around all the time and then Angelique's like I'll be here I was like I feel like they're kind of setting up like are they setting up for Ryan to tell Angelique and then and then I'll definitely not be in <laughs> the, the shipping camp but I hope that's oh, not no. if Angelique no- learns she's going to have to die right professor <laughs> or have her mind wiped by Enigma I mean, there could be a with that, but yeah, Yeah. can't running around. Uh, She's yeah, she's bad news. She's yeah, bad news. Um, Oh, it's nice to have Enigma on the show. She can just mind wipe people, and it's like a it's like a focused, concentrated uh, mind wipe. Um, You know, it's just you know the littlest thing can get mind wiped. It's it's amazing. Uh, Another thing that I want to just reference before we head into the MVP, I I will also ask, you know, if there's anything that I missed uh, that either you want to reference, you will get a chance in a moment to reference it as well. My little thing is Vesper Fairchild. We got a lot of Vesper in this show, in this episode. Uh, I feel like we usually just get like a sprinkle of her, you know, maybe a little line here and there uh, towards the end of uh, or the beginning of an episode. And we got a lot of Vesper in this episode. And it was really nice. I'm enjoying Rachel. Rachel Maddow as Vesper, um, just hearing her comment on uh, the Gotham shenanigans is uh, really nice. Uh, what about either of you? Was there something that I missed, a teeny tiny little moment that deserves a little bit of rec- recognition? Well, shout out to what seemed up until this episode to be the only reporter working in Gotham. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> I don't remember her name, but it does seem that she is the only one who's running around covering stuff. So thank God we have Horton out there as another reporter, albeit a print reporter as opposed to a TV reporter. But there was something I wanted to mention. I'm not sure if it, it technically counts as an Easter egg or not, because I'm not sure I'm right about this. But uh, in the scene where Horton is going out to his car uh, just before Batwoman gets there, he looks up like he's heard something. Could it be that Horton heard a who? And now, um, unlike woman, I'm going to drop the mic. Boom. That was something. Millie, do you have anything to add? I don't know how you can add anything after that, but um, I was. May I just say, since the professor brought her up, I was very concerned for that television reporter, probably more than anybody in this episode, because I was like, she could probably die, like live on television. I kind of thought they missed a, a, a you know, because they started out, you know, shooting it, you know, they were shooting the reporter and then, you know, the sort of shaky cam distant shots of, of Batwoman. I thought shooting the whole fight like that would have been really interesting, sort of showing it from the uh, the journalist point of view. And then Batwoman just walking towards him, grabbing the microphone and uh, and talking. But instead, they they cut away from that initial opening shot to, uh, you know, a, a more conventionally shot fight scene. I thought it would have been more effective to sort of, you know, uh, see it, you know, from the, the point of view of, you know, the, the cowering uh, camera operator. But 
that was just me. The poor camera person. All right. Uh, anything else before we move into MVP? All right, so uh, let's get into it. The MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So, choose wisely. Professor, who's your MVP and why? Oh, tough call. Um, even though I don't agree with her decision, I thought Julia, as I said, you know, having her play off of Alice, uh, I think, uh, you know, Julia was was far more enjoyable than she's she's been. Um, she also got to, you know, drop a little, you know, she got to, you know, a little mention to uh, to Sophie reminding her that, hey, you know, I'm an ex and, you know, you kind of dumped me and, and all of that. So, you know, I don't think that sort of stuff happens purely by accident. Um, so I, I do I do like how uh, Julia was played uh, when she was playing opposite Alex. Alice, because it wasn't just that Alice got her barbs in, you know, Julia was giving as good as she got. And I think that was good. It was good to see someone going toe to toe with Alice in a way that most characters can't. All right. Shout out to the penny loafer. Millie, what about you? Your MVP and why? I think I have to give my MVP to Enigma. Oh, um, I don't know. I thought there's something like her interaction with Jacob, uh, when she's the doctor, just she felt so shady and so like, I see what you're up to. And I really like, I, I really vibe with it. So I thought that was really good. And then her, um, obviously getting the drop on Julia with her well-placed uh, needle was also very smart. So I'll give it to her. And I think she has a lot of potential and I think she's enjoyable. And I like how we have like a big, bad female of the back half. Nice. As opposed to the big, bad female in, in the first half with Sophia. You didn't like Sophia. Just admit it, Millie. They didn't elaborate enough on Sophia, so they <laughs> don't have enough. And she's a scorned lover, so, you know, that gets negative in the column. Okay. Well, there's that. Um, well, Easter eggs, they did reference Aquaman. So the Flash doesn't have a monopoly on referencing Aquaman and Atlantis. So there was that. Um, I'm going to give the MVP to, and I don't believe I've ever chosen this person ever, maybe, I'm going to give it to Jacob. I just really enjoyed seeing Doug Ray Scott play, you know, this, um, this haggard almost Jacob, you know, someone who is beating himself up over Beth still, um, you know, he's dealing with Kate's death. Uh, I usually do not like drug addiction storylines on, on these shows because I, I feel like they really put our characters through the ringer. I mean, we had that whole thing over on Black Lightning with the character that we actually really loved. So it's like, ugh, you know, I'm, I'm not really looking forward to Jacob's journey with the snake bite, but the actor is playing it really well. And, and I understand his motivation and he's trying to make a connection with the only daughter he's got. Um, well, at least the one that the only daughter he wants to make a connection with, which is um, Mary. He got shut down, and so now he's isolated. And Jacob on Snakebite on his little island. That might be kind of interesting to watch. And I do wonder if this could be a setup to for Jacob maybe understanding Alice a little bit more. And could this lead to some sort of reconciliation between Jacob and Alice um, as he goes down this sort of bumpy path with the snake bite? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Stay tuned. 
Now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 bat signals? The point system is allowed. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the bat cave. Millie Wood, how would uh, you rate this episode? I think this was a really solid episode. I think they weaved in a lot of plot points moving the story forward, but it wasn't clunky in any way. And I really did enjoy the touch on kind of bringing in kind of social topics, but not hitting us over the head. So I'll give it an 8.4. All right. She loves a decimal point. So we got an 8.4 from Millie Wood. Professor, what about you? Uh, I will agree with Millie. I will give it an 8.4 as well for all the reasons she said. I was going to be a dick and change by, you know, 0.1% in one direction or the other. But I think 8.4 is is just about right. All right. Um, I guess because he said you would be a dick to change it. I guess now I have to agree because I wasn't going to give it an 8.5, but I'll just, I'll agree with Millie Wood. Uh, Millie, you have power over us. Are you Enigma? Maybe. Okay, I'll give it an 8.4 as well. What'd you say, Professor? I was just wondering what she was doing with that syringe earlier before we started recording. I know. Well, now we have the answer. I'll give it an 8.4, and I will agree with everything that Millie Wood said as well. So there you go. Join us next time for a brand new installment of the Gotham City Gazette. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for the Gotham City Gazette and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. I should start off with her, uh, Millie Wood. Good night, listeners. And if you want to follow along with me, I'm on Twitter as at the Asian Nerd. And Professor X. All the Who's down in Whoville loved Christmas a lot, but the professor who lived just north of Whoville did not. Oh, that's a sad story. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Gotham City Gazette every Tuesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Papachula Radio Archives. Good night. <laughs>